Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is to be a weekly place of rest for creatives, to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be a part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. I'm McKenna here with your other host, Amy. Hi, guys. And this month, we're going to be talking about unity. Living in a season that at times feels so divided, it's been very present on our minds. So let's dive right in and look at what the Bible says. One of the first things that comes to mind when we think about unity is Jesus's greatest command when he is on earth. In Matthew 22, an expert of the law approaches Jesus and asks him this question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. First and most importantly, we can't have unity unless we're unified with Christ. This makes me, you know, think about the Garden of Eden and the fact that we live in a fallen world. When Adam and Eve ate the apple and disobeyed God, their eyes were open to good and evil. Sin entered the world. They call Satan the prince of this world, and he is actively trying to divide us against each other to divide us from God. The good news is that God did not abandon us. He did not let the story end this way. God sent his only son to bring us back into a relationship with him. This ultimate act of love allows us to be unified with God through the sacrifice of his son and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when we just believe in him. Romans 5 and 6 say, But God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, then how much more have we been reconciled? Will we be saved by his life? Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death spread to all people, because all sinned. But when sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection." But those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have fruit, which results in sanctification, and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what a wonderful gift that is. I love the way that Paul explains that we have been united with him in the likeness of his death. We will certainly also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. When we love God with all of our hearts, our souls, and our minds, 
we confess our sin and accept his gift of salvation through the sacrifice of his son. This sets us free from sin, and by walking in relationship with God, we are sanctified. Our desires are aligned with his, and we receive the gift of eternal life. Our natural response when we receive this amazing gift is to worship God, to love him with all of our hearts and our souls and our mind. As Christians, we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to see the work of God done on this earth. God has a plan for each of our lives, and he can reveal it when we are united in a relationship with him. We've been studying oneness with Dr. Tony Evans in Spark, and he describes the church as levies holding back the gates of hell and plans of the evil one, Satan, while we are here on this earth. And I loved this example that he used. Um, he talked about Hurricane Katrina and the levees that were holding back the water from going into the city and the waves and the water that just crashed over and over and over again upon them until they broke and, and the water flooded everything. We as Christians are the levees that, you know, are holding back Satan and his plans. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture um, of what the church is supposed to be. I totally agree. And in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come to give life and give it to the full. Satan wants to separate us from God and from each other. And it's important that we are unified with God and in love with one another. This brings us to the second greatest command Jesus gives. Love your neighbor as yourself. God calls us to love others. So what does this look like? Many wedding photographers and just people in general that's been to a wedding will know this passage <laughs> well as they read it uh, almost at every wedding ceremony. In this passage, God is not talking about love between a husband and wife, but love and unity between Christians. It's important to look at the context of these verses. A major theme of the letter Paul writes to the Church of Corinth is unity. During this time, there are so many issues within the church due to divisive spirits and selfish attitudes. Basically, Christians acting in an unloving manner toward each other. Paul's heart is that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united with the same understanding and the same conviction. This is something we as Christians are still struggling with today. Fighting, disagreements, they are a lot more frequent than we'd like to admit. When we take off our old self and become united with Christ, we are made in His likeness. We are made to be loving. That's why the outcry is so strong when we hear of any violent act in our world. We know it goes against our very nature. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Paul explains, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. And it is not e easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. In the coming weeks, we are going to dive into these even further, but for now, we want to touch on this. In a world where anger rises so quickly, pray and ask God that He will help you be slow to anger. In your interactions with others, those who agree with you and those who don't, be kind, be humble, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Do not bring others down to bring yourself up. Forgive quickly. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Trust in God. Have hope, do not delight in evil, but rejoice in the truth. The truth is that without God, it is impossible to live in true unity. 
God has paid the debt for our sins. He has forgiven us and he calls us to forgive our neighbor too. In Matthew 18, 21, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Then Jesus shared this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have the same mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. You know, I have a brother and I don't think it was like always very easy for us. Like growing up, we fought a lot. I think my first sentence was like, he hit me. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, you can just imagine like the car rides and just different times with, you know, an older annoying brother as as opposed to like a younger, annoying sister. But I remember I was obsessed with Barbies growing up. Like I had every single one you can imagine. I had buckets full of these Barbies, like containers filled all the Barbie houses, all their hair, beautiful, like everything. Mm. And came home one day and they were slashed up. Like literally like hands were missing, hair was (laughs) cut off, like It was so devastating. And at the time, my aunt was living with us. And I mean, I freaked out on my brother because I knew it was him. And she sat us both down. And she was like, Zane, did you do this? And he was like, no, it was the dog. And I was like, okay, we found the knife in your room, buddy. You you know, (laughs) if you're going to do something, you better own up to it, you know. And But I was devastated. And I I wanted him to pay. And I just remember thinking of like all the ways I could get revenge and also thinking like how sad I was and how disappointed I was that my Barbies like didn't look as beautiful as they had before, you know, and my aunt, as I'm like plotting all this, she sat me down (laughs) and she's like, I need to talk to you. You know, you, I know you have these beautiful Barbies. I know you're really upset and you're very disappointed, but you do only have one brother and he's the real deal. So you need to decide now if like it's worth more pain or if you can move on from this. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, I do only have one brother and all of these Barbies are just things. And even at nine years old, like I was able to put two and two together and know that like I had to move on and I had to like forgive Zane for 
cutting up my beautiful Barbies and, they, and I can still tell the story, you know, look back and like be really upset about it, but also know that like, okay, you know, there's something else that that was coming from. And, you know, it made me think of this parable so much because I, you know, I didn't go and then cut up his Barbies, you know, or anything like that. But, but, you know, I did have that in my heart to want to do something wicked, you know, and do something mean back. And, if I weren't for my aunt to just even like say that to me, I think I probably would have, you know, and I Mm -hmm. would have made like a bad decision and probably been in even more trouble. Like who knows? (laughs) Um, But you know, it it goes into this. It's like, let us love others well and be quick to forgive those who have wronged us because Christ calls us to. And it's true. Like if I hadn't, I think I would still be upset about it. You know, even years later, it would be something I would never forgive my brother for. And, (laughs) And it's like, such a silly thing you know it's just stuff right but he's serious about this and this is important to him to our god our debt is high but god has sent his only son to pay the price for our sin in the same way he forgives us let us forgive others our enemies and our brothers and our sisters in christ now if you guys know mckenna and i we have been friends for almost 15 years now and she is almost like a sister to me and forgiveness has become a part of our relationship. It's had to so that we can remain friends. While I think it's hard to forgive our enemies, I know that for me, it can sometimes be even harder to ask for forgiveness from those who are closest to me. I remember there was a period of time last spring when I felt like our friendship was being attacked. When I go and run, I love to listen to the Bible and words of truth fill my mind. Instead, there was this season last spring when I was running when I heard lies repeated over and over again in my head. She has more than you. She's doing better in business than you. You are being left behind. These thoughts would play over and over again. And I, I, you know, was finding it hard to escape from it. Um, You know, at this time, McKenna, you were finding so much success in your business with your brides in bloom. Um, You were taking your business to the next level. You were in a mastermind. You were getting to attend conferences and girls trips and, you know, all of these things that I wanted, but I I didn't feel like I could do as a mom with young kids. I remember crying out to the Lord and asking for help as I cared so much about our friendship. And I hated thinking these things, especially about one of my best friends through prayer. He revealed to me um, that it it was a problem that I was having. It was pride that I had in my heart. And he reminded me of these verses in first Corinthians that love is humble It does not envy. It's not proud. And as hard as it was, I had to come to you and I had to ask for forgiveness for the careless words that I had spoken or hurtful things that I had done. I could be happy for you and the success that you were finding in your business and still have joy in my role as a mom and the place that God has had me in now. And, you know, before we close today, we want to end with our favorite picture of unity from Dr. Tony Evans, specifically on racial unity. This is a huge source of divide right now, and we have been searching for a way to come together and to love our neighbors well. Love is what brings us together in unity. It is the great emulsifier, and God is love. Dr. Tony Evans says that the goal of unity is not sameness. It is oneness. Unity can be defined as oneness of purpose. It is not sameness of being. You're moving towards a common goal, utilizing, embracing, and recognizing and even appreciating the differences that everyone brings to the table. Jesus Christ says that unity is absolutely critical if his name is going to be made great and if his glory is going to be revealed. God calls this unity 
one new man. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of the commands contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. Dr. Tony Evans goes on to share an insightful analogy about emulsification, the bringing together of two things that wouldn't normally fit using mayonnaise. He -hmm. says mayonnaise is made up of two products that can't get along, oil and water. Oil and water can't mix, won't mix, they don't mix. No matter what you do, they are going to break out into their own realms because they just aren't made to get along. Their substances are different. different. Their histories are different. Their backgrounds are different. So you can't get mayonnaise out of oil and water, although you need oil and water to get mayonnaise. So how do we get mayonnaise? It is the process of emulsification. Emulsification is that process where you introduce another object that can relate to the other objects that do not connect in order to bring them together and hold them together so that you can create something brand new. When it comes to mayonnaise, the emulsifier is eggs. The eggs grab the oil, they grab the water, and they hook them up. It brings them together so that they can stay together. Guess what? God has provided emulsification. Ephesians 2 says that it is the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ reaches out to people of different histories, different backgrounds, different cultures, different classes, and pulls them together and holds them together as long as they don't abandon the cross. You abandon the eggs, you don't get the mayonnaise. You abandon the cross, you don't get the unity. The cross means more than I am just on my way to heaven. It means that God has transformed my identity on earth. I bleed red, the blood of Jesus Christ, and our unity in him is the key. I love the mayonnaise uh, analogy. I think that's great and just crazy to think that oil and water and just like people sometimes don't get along. They can exist, you know, they can coexist in the same place. Yeah. As we go this week, we pray that if you haven't already, you will unite yourself with Christ. It is as easy as closing your eyes now, telling God you believe in him, ask him to forgive your sins and tell him you want a relationship with him. The God of the universe wants a relationship with you. He is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants you to open it. Only through God's perfect love and unity with Christ can we love others well and find unity on the side of heaven. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And everything due to others as you would have them do to you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We can't wait to see you next week.